0: Algar. Algar. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 269, covering Worst Case Scenario and Scorpion, Part 1. My friends, we're at the end of season three of Voyager now.
1: And thank Christ for that. Season uh, three, you've been a basket of shit.
0: I was, I was thinking about this, and I think I might have said this on Twitter. I usually take to Twitter when I have to watch the episodes and just live tweet my spiral into madness. Sure. You do that as well sometimes. Oh, of
1: course. You can usually tell when I'm watching an episode. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I thought back, and I'm pretty sure this season, season three of Voyager, is the single worst season of any Star Trek we've done to date.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Like, season one of Next Gen was rough, but I think it helped because we knew it was going to get better. Mm-hmm. Uh, season three, I want to say, of the original series yep, that was, was rough a little too. shaky, but we knew the movies were coming. It might just be the hope. Yeah, like there, maybe those there's were no worse, hope anymore. No, we don't know that it's going to get better. We hope it is. Yeah. But we, there's mean, really no actual reason to believe that.
1: I mean, the last episode of the season gives us something to latch on That's to. That's true.
0: And as I've mentioned before, about half the listeners who have written in have said, uh, just wait, guys, 7 of 9 comes in and, and then the show changes. And the other half have written in and said, Ugh, just wait, 7 of 9 shows up and the show changes. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what to think of that just yet. But I do know that, that that new character will be added to the Ensemble soon. The
1: Ensemble.
0: So that's good. Uh, but but this week we're dealing with uh, characters who have left the Ensemble and are still here somehow.
1: Uh-huh. Just when we thought we were safe.
0: Yeah. Well, she didn't bring her friends at least. That is true. So why don't, why don't you tell that. us, Matt? Why don't you tell us about Worst Case Scenario? All
1: right. We open a on scenario. a mysterious scene as Chuckles tries to convince Ensign Bellana to take up take part in his upcoming mutiny. Wait a second. Mutiny? Ensign? Chuck trying to do something that isn't talking quietly or staring into space? What's going on here? A parallel universe? A bizarre new timeline? A dumb fucking video game? A third joke? Yeah, it's the dumb fucking video game. It's a dumb fucking video game that Bolana found and started playing on the holodeck. And soon the entire ship is playing Sim Mutiny, and they're all super pissed when the thing just ends unfinished. Look. Listen, I was reading the Dark Tower books when Stephen King got nailed by a car. I know what it's like when the thing you're reading is not maybe going to happen anymore, but you've also got space to look at. Anyway, at the staff meeting, Tuvok reveals that he's the mysterious author who wrote the journals, I mean, holo novel, and it was all part of his big Batman plan to try to figure out how to defeat Chakotay. Dude's <laughs> dude's trying way too hard. A belt sander ought to do the trick. Well, when Tuvok refuses to finish the book, Paris leaps in, because you can do that if an author has decided to abandon a work. Refusing to let his opus be, turn- be turned into the Butlerian Jihad, Tuvok agrees to-, to team up with Paris. Luckily, before they have worked together long enough to want to strangle each other, dead jerk Seska appears in the holodeck with a stupid plan to kill Tuvok. Or Chuck, or uh, I forget now, and I also don't really care. And then they run around the stimulation for a while, and eventually they're rescued by, oh, let's say, Mo. <laughs>
0: This episode was kind of all over the place.
1: It really was. It's like the first half is one thing, and then the middle is something else, and then the end is a third thing.
0: Yeah. And that's. I, let's just jump right to my bad thing. I I refer to it as a reverse shit sandwich. Uh-huh. Where, like, it's surrounded by garbage, but then in the middle there's actually some good stuff. mm mm-hmm. Like, you, you got the beginning where it's, like, and and you said we had a scene that was mysterious. Really, it's, like, two full acts. It really, it's, it just keeps it's going. It's a good 15 minutes, yeah.
1: I mean, I don't have the commercials, which makes it easier to sort of divide the acts up, but, like, seriously, it goes on for a long-ass time. And yeah. you spend the whole time just like, what the fuck is happening? And I, it's, like, I, it's little things at first, too. It's, like, is an ensign, and... You know, but it's
0: it's like at first it was so minor that it's like, is this just poor attention to detail? Is this just bad writing? Because sometimes the show just completely forgets stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. But and it,
0: I don't think they would forget that is not an ensign. But there were other things before
1: that. Yeah. but And then we get stuff like short-haired Kess. It's like, well, they probably can't like, unless they're shooting these out of order, which is not entirely impossible with a '90s TV show. <laughs>
0: well, there's that. Or sometimes the, they will. Try something and then it doesn't work, and they'll go back to the original thing, and they won't comment on it. Yeah, like that that just happens. Like Jordy had a beard for like two episodes, and then he didn't. Mm-hmm. So it's entirely possible.
1: I miss Jordy.
0: Uh, yeah, I try not to think about that. I miss Jordy's beard. Yeah, well, I could I could take it or leave he it. Had fine, I, I, he had a fine beard. What I don't miss is Jordy's like goofy ass mustache in the movies.
1: No, no, I could have done without that.
0: Was it in the movies or was it just in the All Good Things? Future. I don't remember.
1: I think it was in the movies. I think it was in the last two movies. It could have been when they when he stopped wearing his visor too. Like they gave him robot eyes. Yeah. So he was and just Lavar Burton.
0: Yeah, but but he had like a like a bitchin' like uh, Magnum PI stash, <clears throat> like a like he's everybody's dad in the '80s.
1: Exactly. Stash.
0: Somebody mentioned that, it might have been on Twitter or something, like that that everybody's dad had that mustache in the 80s. Mm. And, and you may, we may have some outliers. We may have one or two people just wanting to well actually this, but way, way more people spoke up and said, yeah, mine too. Mm-hmm. And like across all geographic barriers, cultural barriers, like ethnic barriers, like oh. black dudes and Latino dudes and like uh, uh, Vishal from India, like mm. everyone we know across the world yeah. their dads all look like that in the 80s i'm gonna
1: well actually you right now
0: your dad didn't nope oh my
1: dad had weird. a beard before i was born and then that was it you that you know you may be weird. familiar with the robotham's inability to grow facial hair yeah well there it is
0: well you said he had a beard
1: he did but it was a failed beard
0: oh i see i thought you were gonna like i thought it was like superman made the beard fall out and so he hates superman now and that's why you guys can't grow beards anymore uh,
1: it's true you know that would be pretty cool. Coming around yeah. my house, stopping my dad's beard.
0: Anyway, so Jordy had a dad mustache, but yes, before that, what were we talking about? I don't, I don't remember.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, right,
0: Kessa's hair. That could have just been like a. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's not this way anymore. Yeah, they just
1: decided she wasn't uh, Drew Barrymore anymore.
0: That happens sometimes. Drew
1: Barrymore wrote them a letter. To, Why am I on Star Trek?
0: Yeah, I look. I'm trying to hook up with Tom Green here. Dear Star Trek.
1: This is Drew Barrymore. I'm trying to hook up with Tom Green and his ball cancer. Please stop having my hair be on your show. Love Drew Barrymore. P.S. Check out 51st Dates.
0: <laughs> She's not, like, don't give her the dumb voice. She's not necessarily dumb as far as I remember. I actually
1: like Drew Barrymore.
0: Yeah, me too. I remember her uh, flashing her, her uh, wares at uh, Dave Letterman. I almost said Dave Barry for some reason. <laughs> Not Dave Barry, as far as I know. Dave Letterman.
1: Dave Barry is not making up the time that uh, Drew Barrymore flashed her goods at him. <laughs> no. No, this was also it was Booker like Weasel.
0: <laughs> that would be a good band name. <laughs> no, it was Dave Letterman's something birthday. And uh, she, like, I mean, with her back to the camera. Mm. Just, like, totally climbed up on the desk and flashed him.
1: That's pretty good. This
0: one of the best, because, like, his whole thing was, you know, I'm cool, I'm unflappable Dave Letterman. And just, like, she'd, like here you go. Like, well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good. Anyway, I don't know if it's but, as good as the as Tina Fey in the bathing suit, but uh, mm, yeah,
0: fair point. Mm. Um, we got to see that though. Yes, we did. So there's there's a difference mm. there. Anyway, um, yeah, but I mean, the thing is, Star Trek and this show in particular does not pay super close attention to what happened before. So the for the first little while, it's like, are they just being sloppy? Yeah. And then they called her Ensign and, like, okay, something's going on. Yeah, like, what and the fuck is happening? Chakotay, he wasn't acting out of character, because that would imply acting, but he yeah. was, like, being out of character.
1: That's the thing, like, I don't want to say that, like, I, you could you could expect this from Chakotay at any time. But as soon as he's still, it's like, when he starts acting like that, I'm like, alright, well, I'm sure he's got his, I'm sure he's got a reason the thing is, Probably it like felt like alien parasite or fucking someday that
0: and that's I wrote like, what is this? Is this a possession or a you know like what's what's the stupid alternate reality, or like I was just waiting for the stupid reveal and it it came like twenty minutes yeah. in like if they just wanted to hit us with that in the teaser and then like reveal it at the end of three minutes, that would be fine. Mm-hmm but it took way too long to like what is happening it, what we're going to blow your mind it's, eh? it's not
1: just that it took too long too it's like it's that the reveal is so stupid
0: that's the thing if it was something really cool yeah i and I not something we'd seen 10 times already like
1: ugh. like i don't give a shit that they're playing a fucking video game
0: yeah I don't, it was like, all the holodeck just not
1: i just am stupid. so sick of seeing what these guys do on their downtime which they apparently have tons of
0: I, I don't mind seeing it occasionally. It's a good glimpse into what they're into. No, but
1: it's every episode, man. You know how yeah. much time we've spent in the fucking, in fucking Hawaii?
0: Oh, I know. Like, more, th- more than we've spent on most of the ship's uh, sets, I would say. Yeah,
1: definitely more than we've spent in engineering. I'll tell you that right now.
0: Yeah. Maybe not more than the bridge, but, like, after that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Ugh.
0: But then, okay, so then you hit the middle bit where, okay, now we've revealed it. Mm-hmm. And now, like, Paris wants to play with her. And now suddenly, every, like, gradually everyone on the ship is playing and it's a big secret. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Janeway called. The the scene in in um in the conference room where she's like, okay, I know everyone's playing this game. Anyone in this room playing this game? And everyone's, like, scared to raise their hand. Mm-hmm. And then uh, finally Belana does because she's the only one there with any fucking balls. Yeah,
1: well, she knows, yeah. <laughs> she knows Janeway's not going to get pissed at her.
0: She's like, yeah, I, I have been. And then everyone else is like, well, okay. And the thing is, this is actually my good thing. Mm. Like, it's kind of like, my bad thing is either side of this. My good thing is this middle bit. Yeah. Is the, the whole scene, like, including characters I don't typically like, was just perfect. Mm-hmm. Because this whole bit where they're like, who who's doing it? And each of them react in a slightly different way where like tom is like yeah i guess i was and harry's like oh i don't want to disappoint you but i don't want to lie either okay i'm in real guess trouble here what do i do and the whole scene plays out and she's just like okay i know you need to blow off steam i know this is like amusing we should at least talk about this this needs to not be a secret Ugh. and i like the way she's dealing with it she's not forbidding them to do it she's just like we, this needs to be an open thing and not a dirty little secret I like that. Uh-huh. That's a good approach. That's that. Making it not forbidden makes it like less dangerous.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now it's no longer like a secret, seditious people who actually want to overthrow the ship thing. Now it's just a fun thing the captain knows about. Yeah. And uh, and and Tuvok like sort of like forcing him into a corner to reveal that he created it. Like the whole scene's great.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It was me.
0: Yeah, I did it. I I have a lot of things like that where I'm trying to figure out like plans and stuff. It's
1: actually a very Odo thing to do.
0: Oh yeah, it totally is. Odo had that streak of Batman in him for sure. Except
1: Odo wouldn't have kept it a secret. Quark, I made a simulation about you last week in case you tried to take over the station. Why would you do that? Just in case.
0: Yeah. So don't use it, okay? No, I'm just gonna be turning my back here. (laughs) Bending over to pick up this nickel. (laughs)
1: Ugh. Even if he did that he could still keep his eye on Quark. He'd just grow an eye out of his ass. Well, that's probably true. I can still see you, Quark. There's an eye on my ass. Also, I made a mouth so I can yell at you from my ass.
0: I'm a big Ace Ventura fan,
1: Quark. Are you freaking out yet? This is really weird.
0: I miss Odo. I, I do, too. But uh, so so all that happens, and then we get into this great, like, meta discussion of, like, storytelling. This
1: is the interesting part of the episode. Like, yeah. we just, like... it. At this point, I actually thought the episode was just going to turn into like this weird discussion of like two guys working on like a project together and like you know what is well, it the whole to thing write is there's no like, like the, the, people you know
0: the whole thing is there's no ending because Tuvok didn't finish it yeah and so like Paris is like well duh, I'll finish it and like uh, that's not my permanent Tom Paris by the way that's just <laughs> for this episode only
1: writing <laughs> I mean writing a hollow novel's got to be easy right.
0: Sure, I could do this. There's
1: nothing in the world easier than writing. Yeah. You just put absolutely. it's just words. You put words in front of each other. I mm-hmm. I use words every day. I'm using some right now. In fact, on the holodeck,
0: you don't even have to do that. No. You've already done the hard part of like creating the environment. I just need to tell the computer where to put people well, just now.
1: Just walk in there, computer, make good program.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, Run Tom easy. Paris's I awesome program. Yep. Ugh.
0: But 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 this is this whole like and there's some really good meta, like, stuff we've complained about on the show, where one of them is like, well, you gotta have just weird shit happen for no reason, and then the other one going, what, no, it has no. to make sense. You need internal logic. It's like, this is, the show suddenly became really self-aware.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I like that. Yeah. And then we hit this, the holodeck goes wrong thing. For
1: the last, like, ten minutes of the episode, and it's so yeah. out of nowhere, too. Just to go in to, like, get to work, and then suddenly like, remember me, Tuvok? It's Seska, the evil person. And they're just like, yeah. oh, seriously? And the thing is, I'd like,
0: I, I kind of like the chick who played Seska. I feel like she could have done a little bit of a better job, but she's pretty all right.
1: We, we liked we, Seska when she was around most yeah, of the time. Yeah,
0: when, when she wasn't with the K's on, at
1: least. Yeah.
0: I, that, that was the thing I always said was like, if you thought of them as her henchmen, mm-hmm. then she's kind of a crazy supervillain, and that's not bad. And no. she does a good, like, chew the scenery thing but bring in her this back episode out of
1: nowhere is so fucking dumb
0: it's dumb but on top of that i just i have a really hard time believing that she was smart enough and forward thinking enough to plant this like trojan horse thing in the holodeck to go wrong and kill them all a year after she's dead
1: yeah and the other thing that really pissed me off too is like as part of the beginning the 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 reveal they put her in there and i thought it was really like it was a neat idea to just bring back Someone yeah. like who had left the show and had obviously left the show, you
0: know, right. Like
1: it for all the weird like stuff that was going on. I like that as just like them throwing it at us. And then, then they, you're
0: like, oh, we're a year ago. Yeah. OK, cool.
1: And then they're like and then it's just like, oh, no, she's also the villain. It's like, oh, fuck you.
0: Yeah. No, like I say, the the middle bit where they're just kind of playing around with it and, and it's Tuvok and Tom. Like we haven't seen those two together much. No. And seeing their whole weird, like, difference of, of perspective, I, I liked all that. Mm. But then we get into, like, oh, and the holidays gone wrong again. And the safety protocols are off again. again. Just, like, enough with that.
1: Yeah. Can we just it's- shut just shut down the holodeck? We're not allowed to have them anymore. Just put some big fucking yellow tape over all the doors. Yep. Except then we'd have probably have an episode where Paris has to break in to get to the fucking... So we can look at bikini women and...
0: Uh, oh, no, 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 no. The, the yellow tape would become alive.
1: <laughs>
0: and attack you in your dreams with magic. <laughs> See, I can write a fucking Voyager episode.
1: Or a Nightmare on Elm Street movie.
0: Uh, no, well, yeah, I, I could definitely write those, like, cheesy Freddy, like, puns and jokes and stuff.
1: <laughs> Time to get killed, bitch.
0: <laughs> Captain's log, your death. <laughs> i got to work on that. <laughs>
1: All um, right, so let's maybe we should start with a Friday the 13th and work up. Those are easy. <laughs> he doesn't talk. Okay.
0: Yeah, that I can write. Ch, ch, ch. See, writing's not hard. No,
1: especially when you have a collaborator.
0: Yeah. Um, but it, it's like there were some interesting things in here, but then they fell back on two very standard Voyager cliches. I, I the, th- go ahead.
1: I, I actually think it's weird how interested I am in this weird middle, just... Like, I was really excited for, like, a second to it, this just be an episode about two guys writing something.
0: It it wasn't, like, I mean, it was about that, but it was also at the same time, like, about these two, like, their very different approach and mm-hmm. about Tuvok saying, look, this this was a simulator. This was meant to test a real situation. And Paris is like, yeah, but drama and fun and, and goofy stuff. And is like, yeah, and a romance. And like, well, okay, th- this is all stupid. That's not what this was designed to do. Yeah. Like, and it's an interesting difference of perspectives because, okay, yeah, that might have been what you built it for, but now we've made it something else. And it's kind of a almost like a comment. I mean, I'm probably reading way too much into it, but it's kind of a commentary on like fan fiction. Oh, totally. Because, okay, that's not what it was built for, but we have it now. Uh-huh. So now that's what it's for, whether you like it or not, we have now turned it into something else. Mm-hmm. That's totally what fan fiction is. Oh, yeah. And it, it's interesting. And then instead of like, Spending more time on that interesting bit, they go to the standard holodeck goes wrong thing again. Yeah, exactly.
1: Again. It's just like, all right, well, we should probably have some action in this. You had action. Yeah.
0: The thing is, they could have done fake action. Mm-hmm. They could have done some fun, like while they're writing the program, they're they're playing out some weird holographic action scenes. Yeah, totally. There wouldn't be any stakes, but you'd still see people shooting people and people fighting and mm. crap like that if you really wanted to.
1: But it's just, it's so it's just that it's so it's. It's so lazy, you know? Yeah.
0: It is. And like I like I was saying, like there's the the beginning is the standard. Uh, Everything's different. See if you
1: can figure out how. Like, oh. Oh. like I yeah. I have a note in, in I have a note for this episode and it's just what is this episode actually about? Yeah. Like what was the like what was the plan for this episode?
0: Yeah. It I, seems I,
1: so I all over the place and just like well we'll st- first we'll start by blowing their minds. Yep. I'll That level boring pit in the middle that I don't really care to write and then will blow their minds again.
0: I don't think it was him. I, if I'm not mistaken I think it was Lisa Clink, but the same like house style it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's still him. Yeah. It just it, it it felt like someone wrote a draft and the 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 job of the showrunner or the editor like the the story editor or whoever is in the main like head writer job. Mm-hmm would be to look at the script and say, here's the interesting bit, flesh this out. And there's no one there doing that. Because we've, we've all done that. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's ever written anything, you write a first draft and and there's like one interesting bit hidden in a bunch of crap. Yeah. And the second draft is you teasing out the interesting bit and getting rid of the crap.
1: Yeah. Add jokes later. Yeah. <laughs> but you
0: know, like, there was a point here. There was an interesting thing that I hadn't seen Star Trek do before. And it only lasted for about an act. It only lasted about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, like, make the whole episode that. Instead, it was just a, you know, holodeck went wrong again. Yeah. see it a million
1: times. We're going to see it a million more times. I'm going to be very interested to see how, uh, how uh, Enterprise does a holodeck episodes Because they are going to have to, and they don't have a holodeck.
0: No, we, you, there could be a case made for the fact that the holodeck maybe existed in a crude form in Kirk's time. But there's no way it existed, like, 100 years before yeah. that. So the they probably wait. get an alien holiday.
1: Uh, I mean, there was that animated episode that had the holodeck in it. But
0: that's what I'm saying. But that's not canon. No, they, they could like they could say that there is one
1: mm-hmm.
0: in Kirk's time. But like I say, 100 years before that. No, but again, they could probably just get an alien one like the Vulcans have them and we use one of theirs or something stupid like that. Ugh. Just uh, bleh. anyway, uh, what was your good thing?
1: Uh, my good thing is also my quote. Which ah. uh, we can get to in a sec. Uh, so when they're running around the Voyager, they stop in. Uh, they stop in sick bay in the to, fake holographic Voyager. Yes, fake holographic Voyager. Thank you. They stop in fake holographic sickbay bay to uh, tend to Paris's real holographic phaser burn, and the mm-hmm. doctor shows up. <laughs> to do his whole please state the nature of the medical emergency but it turns out he's working for Seskin and he checks paris with acid please state the
0: nature of the medical emergency <sighs> no emergency doc i'm fine nonsense you have second degree phaser burdens please have a seat on BioBed one that's all right doc i'm telling you i feel fine you require treatment 20 cc's nitric acid <laughs> a little proverbial salt in the wound yeah it's pretty great and i think honestly like it's funny but at the same time, I think it's genuinely scarier for him to have sort of that chipper doctor attitude while he's torturing you than when he's doing his stupid Jekyll and Hyde thing from a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, back. like he's 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 still in character as the doctor. He's just right. the doctor who is going to inject you with acid right. and then boot you out the door.
0: This may hurt a lot. <laughs> now I'm going to torture you. This may cause a little bit of death. Right. Whereas, like, ah, no, I'm going to kill you. Ah. It was, like, not, I mean, oh. I get I get that you and Bob and probably other people enjoyed him chewing the scenery, and it was fun mm-hmm. on one level. But I think it's way scarier when he oh, it does it with is. a smile. Yeah. When he's Dr.
1: Giggles. I'm going to inject you now, buddy. <laughs>
0: hey, guy. Hey, friend. <laughs> um, what was your bad thing?
1: Uh, Paris, you can't just decide to finish someone's novel for them. I mean, obviously you can. Raymond Chandler's Poodle Springs does exist, after all. But usually, you at least wait until the original artist is dead before, so that they can start spinning in their grave. I'm looking in your direction, Brian Herbert, you monster.
0: Let's uh, let's also throw. Um, uh, oh God, I can't say his name. Eoin Colfer, the the uh, book six of Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh,
1: Eoin, rest. yeah, Eoin, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh.
0: That guy, that book was. Oh, uh, ugh. Just,
1: I paid a dollar for that book and I still paid too much for that book.
0: <laughs> I paid full whatever the audiobook price was. And if I'm not mistaken, the audiobook was written, or read by like one of the original cast guys, like the original Arthur Dent, maybe, or somebody like oh, that. Wow. And I just, that just made it worse. Because uh-huh. it's like, oh, you should you should know better, man. Come on.
1: I just yeah. would love if like three chapters into the audiobook, he's just like, hey, this is terrible. <laughs>
0: This isn't what I signed up
1: for, and where's my tea? Gets up, walks out, hear the car drive away. That's like eight hours of silence.
0: That would have been better. But no, I'm with you. But on the other hand, um, that what I said earlier about fan fiction is kind of interesting. Like, just the idea that once you write something and it's out there, it belongs to everybody.
1: My thing is, though, like, it, it wasn't supposed to be out there. Like, Tuvok had not only, like not finished it he, he thought he had thrown it away basically
0: oh that's right balana found it when she was digging through like like locked files yeah. in engineering that's fair
1: yeah so like and suddenly this thing that he never intended to finish and you know is is done with it and everything suddenly everyone on the goddamn ship is like pawing over it and stuff and it's just like yeah. and and you know I mean, if that wasn't bad enough paris just being like well i'll do it yeah it's like well, have you no respect well clearly not you're paris
0: I mean, OK, I look, I, I'm starting to come around in Paris somewhat. I still don't like him, oh, no. but I'm going to I'm going to give him a little slack here because really the captain is the one who created the environment of this is OK. Everyone wants to play it. Mm. And if Tuvok doesn't want to finish, does someone else want to do it? Like she set that up. Paris mm. took like took it. But the captain's really the one who kind of encouraged it, I would I, say. I
1: just there's, a th- you know, there's ownership of your own your own work
0: your intellectual i never knew you were so into intellectual property it's an interesting like yeah. look into what what matters to you yeah weird right i mean i am as well mm-hmm. but i didn't think of it in terms of this episode
1: it's just like i just i'm watching this episode and i start getting really mad at paris it's just like you don't have any business doing this
0: i again i i agree with you but i saw it as more of a fan fiction thing i saw it as more of a and and you're right it wasn't meant for public consumption mm. but the fact is it's out there and the fact is once you release a piece of art mm. or entertainment whatever you want to call it, mm. like it becomes – there. there's an argument. I don't necessarily 100% agree with this, but I, it's a valid argument, which is that it belongs to everyone. And if you want to write a story where, you know, uh, Tuvok and, and Paris are kissing, I don't know why you would do that when there's so many other better people to pair up for, to kiss. Mm-hmm. But there you go. Like that's that's what you can do. That's a,
1: a, basically. It, I wouldn't have a problem with it if Tuvok had decided to put it out on his on, like of his own. Right. Like if it had been his decision, I don't have a well, problem with fan fiction. You know,
0: and we also don't really know how Holodeck stuff works in general. Like in terms of if you write something yourself mm. and you make it available to everyone, do you own it then? Or also, is there intellectual property in the future? Or that's the
1: thing. You know, because
0: of the money, money thing. <laughs>
1: See, that's what? Like, I don't know that the that the money is such a big deal. Like, but I do yeah, because I mean, the like just the. I feel like you should still be able to own a thing you have created. You know,
0: like, I I agree. Like, like I say, this is a complicated issue, and I don't know that there's a clear answer because people have been debating this for years, mm. and it, it hasn't been fixed yet. It's basically just like. Your thing belongs to you until a certain period of time. Unless you're a rich corporation, then it belongs to you forever. Mm -hmm. Is how it works right now, which is not great. No. But, like, for instance, when Jake Sisko fucking, like, gets around to it and gets out of bed and actually writes something.
1: Ugh, I suppose I should write something today.
0: (laughs) But does that belong to him? Or is it now just... Because really... Uh, jokes aside, really, we are in this sort of socialist paradise where everything just kind of belongs to everyone, and everyone's got enough, and it doesn't, like, ownership isn't really a thing, you know? I don't know, man, like... It just, it feels like that's totally a plausible thing, Mm -hmm. where just, like, everything you write instantly becomes the public domain. You get credit for it, but you don't really own it, you know what I mean? It's like Tumblr. Everyone just takes the credits off. (laughs) It's just no, I I don't know. It's it's just something I've thought about a bit, yeah. and I don't know. I like I have no answer because we don't really know because that's not what the show's about. Yeah,
1: it's a, and it's just it's also the unfinished part really bothers me too. You
0: yeah, know? no, I'm with you. It's like any dead author who's got part of a novel in their hard drive when they die, and they just pick it up and finish it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Like the, no, no. Brian <laughs> Herbert,
1: looking in your direction.
0: Is that is that what that was? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, they they found a,
1: like, a ton, after Frank Herbert died, they found a shit ton of, like, dune crap.
0: Oh, 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 okay, right.
1: And uh-huh. they've just picked, over the last, like, ten years, they've just picked all of that shit to death.
0: The only big, like, big fleshed out world that I've really been into book-wise is Discworld, and I'm super glad that before Terry Pratchett died, he made it very clear. Oh, yeah. This is it. It ends with me. All the stuff belongs to my family, and they will ensure that no one else will ever do anything with it after I'm
1: gone. Yeah, well, luckily, Rihanna Pratchett seems to have sort of taken ownership of that and just like, no, there's not going to be any more new Discworld novels. We'll right. do other stuff, you know, if we can do movies or, like, a TV series or whatever. That's fine. Right. But the, Yeah, the adaptations of
0: existing work, but, yeah, not, not more. Well, if you look at the, the copyrights on all of his books, it's copyright Terry and Lynn Pratchett from yeah. the beginning, like him and his wife from day one. Mm-hmm. So he's been very careful to do that, and it's good that he's a, he was aware of that. Yeah. And, like, I wish more authors had had either the forethought or the, the you know, <laughs> the, the circumstances to do that. Yeah, because, yeah. like... No, I'm I'm totally with you, but, again, on the other hand, I saw it as more of a fan fiction thing, mm-hmm. and I, I can see kind of both sides of this, but...
1: That being said, well, I mean, while we're on the topic, like, there's ones that, that don't bother me. Like, there's, like, a shit ton of new Bond novels, and I don't, like, I don't have any particular problem with that. Like, I don't know it's I'd, weird.
0: I in my mind and there's no logic to this. There's no clear way to quantify it. Certain things uh, whether legally or not, that's that's beside the point for this. Mm-hmm. Sort of belong to the world. Like James Bond is a huge idea that yeah, it was created by one guy and mm-hmm. he got paid and that's great, but J- like it shouldn't just go away when he's gone. Just like Batman. Yeah. Just like Dracula. Just you know what I mean? Like there's there's sort of big Def- like k- pop culture defining concepts mm-hmm. that uh, kind of keep going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Star Trek, really?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, and uh, again, putting aside the business part of it, just thinking purely in terms of there should be more stories because this is a rich idea that people want to see, you know, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, whereas Tuvok, and let's be clear, like, one of the nice, there's actually a bit of a layer here, is that when you go back and watch it a second time, you see how flimsy everyone's written because Tuvok doesn't really understand their, like, emotional complexities. Or
1: like any of them.
0: Oh, well, that that's also very clear.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: Chakotay's just a jerk with no nuance whatsoever. Yeah,
1: exactly. You want to talk about uh, our ongoing theory that Tuvok doesn't like anybody, especially, yeah. and hates Chakotay. Oh, especially Chakotay. I, I actually when in the in the boardroom scene where they're talking about uh the boardroom when they're talking about the uh, about the the hollow novel I just was waiting for Chakotay to just like why am I the bad guy what did I do <laughs> and he never does because he's Chakotay and has no opinions about anything yeah but like, also
0: I still don't think Robert Beltran sold the idea of him being a rebel which is what he was in the first place mm-hmm. but anyway
1: but like I just like it would have been a good. Uh, another missed character opportunity to just have Chakotay be like, why am I the bad guy? What did I do? Like, yep. I have done nothing but like work my ass off to become a part of this, a part of this crew. And yeah, look, I
0: knew I knew, I started at a position of disadvantage when I agreed to become a Starfleet guy, so I've worked extra hard for you to trust me.
1: But I've been here almost four years now pulling my shit as yeah. such as it is. And like, and I still, I still gotta be fucking Darth Vader on this thing.
0: Well, I, in, in fairness to Tuvok, he did write it like, Six months into their journey, or it's whatever. True.
1: No, I just, I, I don't care. But I just want to see Ch- Ch- Chakotay show something approaching an emotion. That's yeah, all.
0: Well, yeah. oh, we'll see that in the next episode, sort of.
1: Mm. Yeah, that'll um, be great. Yeah.
0: Anyway, you got, you got any more on this one? Uh,
1: let me see. Good thing, bad thing. Quote. No, I'm good.
0: Okay. Let's move forward then to Scorpion, which fe- I feel like I should do the metal horns with
1: Scorpion. <laughs>
0: Scorpion. <laughs> Well, that's a whole other
1: thing. They'll sting you with.
0: Don't, don't call me Mr. Scorpion. It's Mr. Scorpio. Don't call me that either. <laughs> call me Hank. Uh, that's a guy I want to cosplay as someday.
1: That'll be pretty awesome, actually.
0: Speaking of that, a few weeks ago, I shaved off my beard for the first time in literally 20 years for some cosplay at the Emerald City Comic Con. Thankfully, it's grown back now, because I would not feel right saying the following with a smooth face The Borg is everywhere. Yes, it turns out the other side of the Necrate expanse is Borg Country. Everyone's feeling the requisite sense of dread that this entails. Thankfully, Janeway and her crack team of Special Boy have discovered a clear path straight through Borg space. Naturally, they give it a cute Earth-centric name, but in fairness, when we let local aliens name things, we end up with the Necrot Expanse. So, yeah, let's just go ahead and call this the Northwest Passage. Despite the fact that it's neither North nor West, uh, and it's not really a passage, as we'll find out in a moment. So on the way there, Voyager runs into a Borg cube. And then Another. And then, like, a dozen more. Bearing in mind that a single cube obliterated the Federation at Wolf 359, this does not bode well for our intrepid crew. See, that, that's funny, because Voyager is an intrepid class ship. <laughs> named, I ensue, uh, named, I assume, for the Dodge Intrepid. Somehow, these Borg are not, uh, not all about data assimilation though. They're actually hightailing it away from something like a terrified Hanna-Barbera protagonist. So the captain sends an away team over to see what the deal is and possibly acquire some comically oversized sandwiches. The team consists of Chakotay, which makes sense because he's the first officer, Tuvok, which also makes sense because he's the tactical officer, and Special Boy, which makes sense because he's our specialist little boy. And then he, which is to say Harry, the specialist little boy, nearly gets his face ripped off by a race with a number instead of a name. So the away team beams back and everyone runs away because anything that scares the Borg is probably pretty tough. And also they hurt Harry. Oh, no. Don't you realize what Tiger Beat magazine said about him? (laughs) Studying Harry's injuries, the Doctor somehow devises a way to s- defeat Species 7, 6, 4, 3, 2, despite the fact that the clearly superior Borg have no goddamn idea how to do this. Realizing the Northwest Passage is choked with these CG monstrosities and there's no way out, Janeway concocts a bold plan. She'll print out the Doctor's anti-Species six, Four Two scheme, and then hold it way over the Borg's heads, refusing to let them have it unless they help Voyager get home. This sounds absolutely ridiculous, and yet, it works. But just as they're smoothing out the details of their arrangement, Species 7 attacks and realizing it's the end of the season, somebody throws up the old To Be Continued title, which I guess is a good thing because season three was just starting to get good, so it's probably best we run out the clock before it can get too good. Yeah, that
1: would be a real shame.
0: <laughs> this was like, we roll our eyes at action-adventure, but really, like, this was actually good action-adventure. Yeah, this is
1: some good action-adventure.
0: Like, there was some good character stuff and a little bit of plot, but mostly it was just Fucking spaceship fights.
1: Yeah, which we are established to be fans of.
0: When it's done well. This show makes me so bored when action-adventure happens mm. so much. Well, it's mostly it. just
1: people holding big guns. Yeah, I guess that's true. That's, still don't that's like those what action-adventure is. Big guns. Uh, yeah.
0: No, I I quite like... Like, we, we have heard, and I suppose we will see, that the Borg eventually kind of get ruined by this show. Mm-hmm. So far, they're still scary and still like... Like, this episode built really well on what we know about the Borg. We've only, at this point, seen them in, like, four next-gen episodes and a movie. Yeah. They're still fairly, as as Star Trek races go, fairly mysterious. Mm-hmm.
1: And we talked about this. We personally haven't seen the Borg in forever because there's none of them in DS9.
0: Right. They're, they make a, an appearance and a flashback in the pilot, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So two years of our time, seven years of that show, nothing.
1: And you know the first shot we get of them is their two of their fucking cubes getting blown up. Like, I want to talk oh, about yeah. how great that fucking. Uh,
0: uh, oh yeah, the cold teaser, the is. cold open, yeah, the like the thirty seconds.
1: Yeah, it's like it's three seconds long, and it's just the board going, "You, you will be assimilated," and then getting blown to shit. Yep, it's great because I mean, we took you know they're taking the biggest, scariest motherfuckers in Star Trek, like. You talked about this in your summary, but one cube fucking wiped out Wolf 359. One cube almost destroyed the Earth in uh, First Contact. Yeah. And these two cubes are fucking gone in a minute.
0: Yep. And and they that's how you escalate. Because really, it's an establishing shot of them doing their thing. Mm. You know, uh, resistance is futile, blah, 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 blah. And then something blows them up, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and it's just a good way to build on what they've established. And like, oh, and... I do wonder if Voyager is your only Star Trek show, Mm -hmm. like, how interesting that is. Because to us, it's cool because we know. Mm -hmm. But to someone who's maybe never seen other Star Trek, they might be like, well, so what? What was that? Yeah. And I don't care. Like, it works for me. Mm -hmm. But the show has taken great pains to not talk about other shows a lot and try to be its own thing. And that's fine. But, like. The, so much of this depends on what you need to know from the other stuff that yeah. I just wonder how effective that I don't was,
1: know. The you know? nice thing is that the Borg have somehow made it into, like, the public, like, unconscious almost. Like,
0: I guess that's true. They're
1: an enemy like the Klingons now. You ask people about Star Trek, they know who the Borg are.
0: I guess that's probably I true. I guess, right.
1: you know, fucking Best of Both Worlds hit people hard. Like, I remember they used to play the two episodes as a movie on, like, the movie The Week show sometimes. So
0: Right. Like, no, it's you're, People you're, are aware you're, you're of that know. shit yeah fair enough, but it was it was cool, and it felt earned mm-hmm. like it didn't feel like oh, it's you know like that that force awakens thing it's a death star only bigger yeah exactly. like okay, think of something better. Uh-huh. oh, it's like the Borg only it's tougher than the Borg no we we saw enough of these guys, and we like learned enough about them that it's not just like, uh yeah, they're stronger than the B-. no like and this was really your yeah. good thing
1: oh, yeah, no, like species eight six seven five three oh nine is really fucking cool looking. Yeah, like it's just a big old monster. Like it's like got like weird centaur legs and like four forearms, and it's just cool. It's cool, and it's not something we see a whole lot of on Star Trek. Because well,
0: and okay, let's be clear. This was 1997, I believe, and the CGI has not aged well. No, I mean, listen, it does
1: look like it crawled out of Quake Three. I'm not going to lie.
0: But, but so what? Like, I like the Gorn too. And that was a guy in a rubber mask. (laughs) Like if it's, if it's an interesting design and it's an interesting idea for a character, I'm willing to forgive a lot of the period, you know, effects. No,
1: we talked about this. Like, I don't give a shit about how the CGI looks in this show. It's fucking 1997. CGI just looks like that.
0: No, I, but I do feel like we need to address it. Mm-hmm. But Like, I I don't care, you don't care, but the listeners watching it yeah. might think, oh, an amazing alien, let me watch. Oh, Jesus, what is this? But, like, let's be clear, yeah. it doesn't look great.
1: But the design is, re- yeah. like, the, the, the look of this thing is really cool, and it's, you know, it's a great change from fucking another race of bumpy forehead aliens.
0: Yeah, I would not have bought like any of the aliens we've seen in the Delta Quadrant so far being tougher than the Borg. You need something completely alien and completely yeah. strange and just, and non-humanoid. Mm-hmm. And like, this is what I wanted more of. This is, I say this all the time, but this is what I want more of is like alien aliens, mm-hmm. you and know?
1: I, like, and I really like the one up ship where they're like, well, the Borg is like, you know, the, the Borg have a cool look, mm-hmm. especially as the, um, you know, the, the, uh, makeup effects improves enough that you they're not just like dudes in armor like they were in their first appearance you know
0: yeah no they spent a bunch of money on a on a redesign for first contact and they held on to all that stuff so yeah. like they have they have movie level like stuff now that they're using in episodes mm-hmm. which is cool
1: so like the like the borger looking cooler and scarier than ever and i like the one-upmanship of like okay well what can we do that beats that well a big old monster big yeah. old monster man
0: the the cool thing in is a, like the live ship yes, that that's why they thought this Northwest path, like they looked at it at their scanner like results, and they're like, "Oh, well, bore cubes everywhere, except this one little path. And it turns out the reason is that one little path is choked full of these guys. yeah. And the reason they couldn't detect them is because, oh, their ships aren't machines in the sense that we detect machines. They're weird living, like they're riding around in corpses or something. Yeah.
1: And I also really like the idea that uh, the species A675309 is almost like the opposite of the Borg. You know, instead of technology, they're all about biology.
0: Right. Yeah. The Borg are always turning organic stuff into mechanical stuff. Yeah. And these guys are just all about organic. Put some
1: weapons. robot shit on there. Well, yeah. put our ships made of cancer or whatever. <laughs> you said that, that while like, we were watching the episode and it really stuck with me.
0: I've been reading a lot of, uh, I've been reading a lot of comics recently and that just felt like a very Warren Ellis thing to yep. me. The ship's made of cancer. <laughs> but it's, it's like, that's why they're so cool mm-hmm. is because it's a, it's a, very alien design it's a very alien concept like it's nothing like we've seen before and they put some work into it they didn't just say like the Borg only better they really put some effort into making this plausible threat and that's that's why I liked it so much Mm -hmm. and I uh, speaking of things that are earned my good thing we talked about Janeway being a badass before but her confrontation with the Borg at the end of the episode is by far the coolest thing she's ever done
1: oh man that scene is so fucking hardcore
0: Like, I legitimately, this show, like, any Star Trek, DS9 had maybe five of these, Next Gen had maybe two of those jaw-dropping, like, did they just do that moments? Mm -hmm. But they had one. It was when she's like, yeah, we'll help you, but, or uh, we we can help you defeat those guys if you let us through your space. And they're like, no, that's not how we work. And she's like, I will set it on fire, and then you're just going to get killed by these guys. Mm -hmm. And then what? And they beam her over, and they say something like, "State your terms." Yeah. Like what? Excuse Did, me? Wh- and like I said, that was earned because we've we've seen the Borg be completely just—you cannot negotiate with them. And it says something about how desperate they are, mm. but it also says something about Janeway's ability to be a total badass no. and stare them down and say, "Yeah, I'll help you if." And it's like, wow, yeah. good good job, Kate.
1: Now the idea, of her, like the idea of her just staring into that fucking cube and not blinking, is so awesome.
0: Yeah, and like I say, they earned it. It mm-hmm. didn't feel like like there could have been a real Mary Sue. Like, and then the hero comes in and does everything perfectly, and the undefeatable enemy be, like bows to her. Like, yeah. no, 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 you you got to make me believe that for it to work. And they did. Mm-hmm. That's that's what made it good. Is like I bought it. And uh, there's a whole. This is actually my bad thing. There's this whole conflict with Chakotay where he's like, well, can't there be another way? Can't we just give up? Because I'm a a rebel who fought the establishment, and so my main thing is just let's give up.
1: Yeah, I want to go somewhere and not do things anymore.
0: Like, we hate the Maquis. We've said that many times, but really, their whole thing is they're fighting against the government. Yeah. That takes a lot of
1: balls. Mm Mm-hmm. You what gotta, what gotta, is, is be, wrong with you? You've got to be a very certain type of person to be willing to, like, fight against the insurmountable foe of the government, like... Yeah, well, not only that,
0: you're against the Cardassians, this evil empire on one side, and then you're fighting your own government in an equally, like, monolithic force, mm-hmm. like, that you're supposed to be friends with. Nah. Like, you're, you're choosing to be everyone's enemy, and you're only, like, a hundred guys.
1: But fucking once CGI centaur shows up, and you're willing to just go home. Oh, Wait. I don't...
0: Let's just find a planet somewhere and live here, and just hope everything goes away.
1: We can go back to that grass planet we lived on for a couple of weeks. There might that, our tent might still be there.
0: Oh, but uh, <laughs> Ensign Hogan's skull is long gone because those dinosaurs took it. Oh,
1: yeah, sorry, sorry, Ensign Hogan. Oh, yeah. You know that's okay. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind being dead.
0: That's a, that's how a skull goes.
1: <laughs>
0: right. Um, but really, like it, it provides some good. Um, conflict for Janeway mm. like I don't like it and, and I'll get into my specific bad thing in a sec here but it gives her some good things to work off of we're like yeah I know it's a risk that's the point I'm taking a risk because we're in a dire situation and someone's got to step up and do something mm.
1: yeah, wasn't and someone said risk is our business not hiding on a grassy planet is our business yeah
0: you would think the people rebelling against the people who said risk is our business would be even more risk taking uh-huh. Nope, not less uh, but but my, my actual bad thing, Chicote is the most Chicote he's ever been in this episode. Like if you wanted to put a list together of everything I don't like about him, mm-hmm. it all happens in this one forty-five minute episode. From being bland and stating the obvious, which is the first portion of the episode, he's just like, the Borg are here. No one has beaten the Borg before. <laughs> There's like what, eight cubes what, what, what out the do? window. Captain yeah. the
1: Borg or Captain Look, Captain the Borg.
0: Their their ships are shaped like cubes. I have a hat. <laughs> um Uh, to being way overly familiar to the captain. Mm -hmm. Like, he calls her Catherine a bunch of times. Yeah. Which he only seems to do
1: when he wants something. You notice that?
0: Yeah, like, okay, let's assume that one time they were on that planet for a little while, they did sleep together. Mm -hmm. He thinks that's gonna remind her of that,
1: I guess? I don't know.
0: Like, hey, Katie Pooh, remember when I called you that? You You
1: haven't called me that in, like, two months.
0: Yeah, we, we agreed that what's, what happens on whatever that planet is called stays on whatever that planet's uh, called. <laughs> um, but then, then, on top of all that, he does this dumb animal-based fable, which where we get the title from. Yep. Tells us a story of scorpion and fox. Yep. Uh, just, uh... Was it, wait, was it the fox? Or it was this fox, fox, yes. It was the I fox was and the, f- f- the hound. Right. Oh, now you're gonna make me cry.
1: They were best friends, Al.
0: I know. That was the flute solo of, like, 1982 for me. They
1: were best friends until society tore them apart.
0: That that is exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. And then they were turned against each other.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Hound almost killed the fox. Almost. And what about that owl? I don't remember the owl. There's an owl.
0: Oh, okay. But,
1: But, like, uh,
0: Chakotay just, uh, like, (laughs) and Matt and I just started riffing on, like, all these stupid parables of like animals that have never met each other like you know walrus and woodpecker
1: yeah Wal- walrus and woodpecker who went to who went to a party and saw a duck <laughs> you know that parable yeah, but it's just like and actually this
0: one is is a fairly uh, well-known one mm. it's the, the i thought it was a frog because i thought he had to get him across a river
1: there's versions where it's a frog ah
0: okay uh, but the scorpion basically is They, just, they might uh, have, help. and I hate to say this, but they might have changed it
1: to a fox because it's more Indian.
0: Could be, could very well be. Exactly. I mean, there's plenty of frogs in North America.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I the version I know is a frog, and the version I know comes from the Crying Game. Yeah. Which the 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 uh, thematic point is the same, which is like, the I I stung. I said I wouldn't sting you if you helped me, but I stung you anyway because it's my nature and I'm actually bad. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I get the idea, but. Can we please get past these native, like, stupid stories of uh, our grandfathers and Bear and Coyote and just, it's so bad. Yeah. If it was, like, we've said this before, if it was written by an actual native or someone with, like, detailed knowledge mm-hmm. and they they found some cool stories that just didn't sound like lame Hollywood versions of those stories. Yeah. That might be okay, but that's not what they're doing.
1: Or even if this wasn't, like, the only part of Chakotay's personality, you know? Yeah. It's like he only exists to occasionally show up and tell you native stuff.
0: Yeah. It's not great. But I, they, they, they they thought it was great enough to name the episode after mm-hmm. it. But no, he just, he bugged me in every way that he bugs me. He was bland, but he was also a coward, but he was also way too familiar with the captain. Yeah. And then on top of that, we had a little of that casual racism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just like all in one package. Here's why I hate this guy.
1: Yep. Chakotay. That's his entry of memory alpha. Yep. Or it should be anyway.
0: Sea scorpion. Just, you know. But, I mean, that said, again, I feel like even when I didn't like him, he was providing good, like, basically the captain having to justify, yeah, I know I'm doing something fucked up. What else is there to do?
1: And I mean, I guess that's, like, the first officer's thing. I would have given that scene to Tuvok. Uh,
0: Yeah, I could actually see that working better. You know,
1: him, like, logic says that we shouldn't fucking poke the board with a big stick.
0: Yeah. Look, we uh, we we are a bit outclassed here. Mm-hmm. One Borg ship defeated like fifty Federation ships. Yeah. We are one Federation ship among like we're in the beehive now.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, you know, there's that that the relationship between them, so that like him yeah. not, not agreeing and not willing to take her side on this, like
0: and her saying, "I don't care what you think. This is the right call." Yeah. me means so much more with their established relationship. Yeah, I think. I think they're trying to trade on the fact that Janeway and Chakotay are supposed to have a relationship at this point, but I don't buy it.
1: Yeah, I just don't see it. They keep saying that, and I just don't buy it.
0: I do occasionally see, we've talked about this, like, nice chemistry between the two of them and cute little moments. Mm -hmm. It's the only time we don't completely dislike him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, you know.
1: Most of the time, just, whatever.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, like, this is by far one of my favorite repps episodes, let's mm. be clear like top five maybe like top three so far yeah definitely it was so good I just that was like that was a legit bad thing it wasn't like I was trying to find something but that's that's really all I had mm. you you had something though
1: yeah there's a scene where the boys which I've decided to start calling them The boys are exploring the aliens, the new aliens bioship with their big guns. And I'm just like, this seems very familiar. Oh, right. This is right out of aliens. And Eh. look, I love aliens, but I just kept waiting for Paris to be all like, why don't you put her in charge, man?
0: (laughs) It it, it didn't bother me just because, I don't know, if you're going to steal, steal from the best. That's true. You know, and the Borg are already like Star Trek has said this very heavily influenced by H.R. Giger. Mm hmm. Which Hi, I really giger. Which the aliens also were. Yes. Do you want to play Black Fire or Tooth Dominoes?
1: what's Black Fire? Oh, I don't know. I was hoping you did.
0: <laughs> um But like like they've already made it clear that they're kinda drawing on that guy's influence anyway. Sure. So I I don't know. I, as long as the whole episode isn't a complete rip off, mm-hmm. if it's just one sequence, I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, it was a good episode.
0: It was like, straight up. And, and again, not a ton going on story-wise. Like, mm. uh, our our path is now blocked. Oh, shit, what are we going to do now? Like, that was basically the story. Yeah. But that's all it needs. Like, if you do a good... It doesn't have to be complicated, and it doesn't have to have, like, lots of stuff going on. Just, like, hold our interest with characters and good action. Mm. And that's what they did. Really, like, oh, and... um we have Janeway, we introduce what is apparently going to be a long-running thing, Janeway's relationship with Leonardo da Vinci.
1: Oh, yeah, Leonardo da Vinci, who is played by Sala from Indiana Jones. Uh-huh. And or that
0: guy from Sliders, if you prefer, but mm-hmm. if you prefer Sliders, then uh, probably stop listening now because yeah, we Yeah, you should just
1: show yourself out. You should just die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically, and has the accent of Super Mario. <laughs>
0: Oh, Catherine, uh, welcome
1: to my lab, or my uh, workshop. Hey, welcome to uh, my workshop. I was just about to eat this uh, mushroom, making me really big. (laughs) Experiment on a fire flower, why not? uh, And I'm sure you'll dance, swing your arms from side to side. I'm uh, I'm trying to unlock the secret of flight, so I'm going to feed this blue shell to my Yoshi here, and he'll grow some wings, I'll fly around to Venice for a while. (laughs) Mamma mia, what a thing to happen. Yeah, that's about right. This is, my, this is my brother Luigi Da Vinci. Hello!
0: <laughs> and my arch nemesis, uh, Wielardo Da Vinci.
1: <laughs> if you stick around a little bit longer, we're going to have a go kart race around the place. Uh, it'd be really cool.
0: I got to invent the go kart first.
1: Then I'm going to play tennis with my nemesis. Uh.
0: Oh, wait. I, I got to go referee a boxing match. <laughs> We would be here all day naming things Mario was in. Mario does
1: a lot of things.
0: Yeah, he keeps busy. Uh-huh. Good for him. Yeah. I appreciate that.
1: He's <laughs> got a very active social life.
0: Yeah. He's the Paul F. Tompkins of the Nintendo world.
1: Actually, he very is. I know. Not just Pretty because proud of, of that, the mustache. Actually. mustache no,
0: either. mostly because of the mustache, but yeah. Um,
1: and I really want to see Paul F. Tompkins play Super Mario now.
0: I, I kind of do too. Right. Still want to see him play uh, Harry Mudd, though. I still think
1: that's great casting.
0: That's still my number one pick. Anyway, um, the, uh, the the so J- Janeway's hanging out in a Leonardo da Vinci's... L- uh, I keep wanting to say lab, workshop uh, uh, hol- holodeck thing. It's in my laboratory. Which is fine, I guess, but like, it's that thing where... Software generated uh, simulations of a real person give advice to real people. Yeah, and I never really get that. Like, it, at best, the computer is going to be able to guess what the real Leonardo da Vinci can say, but it's not going to be good enough to give you advice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I, I just don't buy it. The,
1: the thing I like here is that it's not so much it's, it's not so much him giving advice as I mean that's happening. But she sort of gets to the. She sort of gets to what she should do on her own just by bouncing ideas off of him.
0: Well, and that's actually my
1: quote. Mm. When one's imagination can't provide an answer, one must seek out a greater imagination. There are times when even I find myself kneeling in prayer. I must deliver a bronzetto to the monks at Santa Croce. Come with me, Katerina. Hey, we will awake the abbot, visit the chapel, and appeal to God. Somehow I don't think that's going to work for me.
0: But there is an alternative I hadn't considered. What if I made an appeal the devil, and that was like, that was pretty bold for this show to say, uh, God, no, pff, that's stupid. But the devil,
1: yes. But that's uh, right, Catherine Jadeway. No, welcome, not the robot. Temple. Welcome to Robot Hell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Futurama didn't even exist yet.
1: Can't say well you can't just say. You're mad in an opera. That makes me feel angry. Alright, I'm done. Okay. You're
0: you're not done. No. Um No, I I guess as someone to bounce ideas off of or whatever, it's fine, but doesn't that isn't that what she has friends for?
1: You would think, right. But then her friend told her <laughs> her friend told her to run away, so Well
0: no no, that's Chicote. Her mm-hmm. friend, Tuvok.
1: Ah, yeah. Yeah, she's probably gonna should have gone to Tuvok.
0: Or Balana. Mm-hmm. Or Kess. Yep. There, there are people we have seen her have friendly conversations with, like, I have a problem and I don't know what to do. Can you please help me?
1: But and, Okay, uh, she's
0: the captain, and she can't maybe admit that she's stuck.
1: I don't know. Like, at this point, I think, you know, we've gotten to the point with Janeway where she, like, I mean, she's the captain, but there's certainly not that, like, I'm the captain, I can't be friends with anyone thing. She fucking is friends with everyone on that fucking ship.
0: Well, they come to her, but what I'm saying is, they come to her with their problems. Mm. But I think there might still be a line where she can't, you don't go to someone under your command that that trusts you to keep them alive and say, I don't know how to keep everyone alive. They might all die if I don't fix this. Hey, Jimmy. Like that, that may not be the best thing to come to someone under your command with, you what know? Do you,
1: what do you think? I should do Neelix?
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: boy. Have you tried eating hair?
0: Fortunately, there was almost no Neelix in this.
1: Oh, another reason it was such a great episode.
0: Well, Chakotay was annoying. Neelix was barely in it. And uh, Harry got all fucked up.
1: Yeah, he did. So, uh, good. Those those are all the guys I don't like. So long, Tiger Beat. <laughs> oh no, my beautiful face.
0: He'll be fine. The the species four, seven, eight, nine. They they injected him with poison or something, but mm. they'll they'll figure it out. Yeah. And actually, one of the things I didn't like at first that this episode, I love it when the show does this, and Voyager <laughs> does it less than some of the others did, but occasionally it'll do it. Mm. Or I'll get mad and I'll write something in my notes or yell something at the TV. Like that's not how that works. And then the show will say Here's why that works this way. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, all right.
1: Because yeah. okay. I was like Voyager.
0: really the doctor figured out how to defeat this this new species, even though the Borg, who are infinitely more advanced, yeah. could not. And they say, Yeah, the reason is we stop and look at stuff. They either judge it to be assimilatable or not, mm-hmm. but if they can't assimilate it, they run away. They don't study it. Yeah. The doctor actually stopped and studied it yeah. and figured stuff out. I'm like, all
1: right, that I buy that. It's that binary computer thing again, that yes or yeah. no. It's like I, either we can assemble, either this is like, either this is prey or it's a threat.
0: Yeah, and the, the cool thing is that is kind of a cultural difference. Like the, the reason, it, it feeds into that Star Trek thing about how humans are actually better.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. it does give humans an inherent advantage over this unstoppable enemy because we do think, we do reason, we do, yeah. you know, like like to learn. That's that's the actually very core Star Trek idea, mm-hmm. that what makes us human is what's going to save us. I like that. Yeah. So, good for them.
1: Yeah. Well um, done, Star Trek. Yeah. You get a cookie.
0: Well done, Voyager. You get two
1: cookies. But so not you, special boy. You've had enough cookies.
0: You're going to die from poison, we wish.
1: Yeah. But. I can't believe we're losing cast to keep this guy.
0: Uh. Well, what are you going to do?
1: I'm going to write a letter to my congressman. I have one now.
0: You do? Do you know who it is?
1: No, but I can probably find out. That's the kind of thing Mal knows.
0: (laughs) It's also the kind of thing Google knows. Mm. I mean, you know, you could ask her, but you could just, like, look it up. (sighs) Nah. Then then you don't have to admit to your wife that you don't know who your congressman is. She knows. She knows I don't know. That's fair. All right. Uh, Anything else?
1: Uh, I think that's it.
0: Really like this one. Yeah, really, like straight up, don't have to qualify it. Just like good Star Trek, good solid. Yep. I hope I hope they don't do the next gen thing where part two sucks. But it just uh, it shows
1: that you know what you can do. Like even with this crew, this crew made up of a lot of guys I don't like. You know, we
0: like we like more than half of these characters though. Yeah, like, I've I've gone through the list. Like like the characters we don't like are do not outnumber the ones we do like. Mm. It's really Chakotay, Harry, and Neelix for me. And it was Paris, but now he's kind of in the middle. He's yeah. not on either list. Watch out. everyone else I like.
1: You got to keep. got to make sure to keep your hairy Neelix clean. Ugh. And wash it every day.
0: Ugh. So it doesn't get clogged with hair. Yeah. E Neelix.
1: Clogged with hair and other things.
0: Yeah, other things if you're lucky. Ugh. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. All right, that is it for the end of the season. So, um, next week is supplemental time. If you want to write to us, Mm -hmm. we will answer your Star Trek and post Atomic Horror related questions. Yeah. Post Atomic Horror at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. Yep. Um, And that's all for this time.
1: All right, see you, folks.
0: The Post Atomic Horror Podcast is a co production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this.